Hi everyone and welcome back to my channel. My name is Gay Gerard and I'm your host and I'm delighted to have you here today. I've got another incredible interview for you. Kimberly Elenardo is here and she has got the most incredible story of healing and determination. She nearly lost her life twice and landed in a wheelchair with autoimmune symptoms. And now Kimberly is here to share her story of how she healed herself on a plant-based diet. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you here. Thanks. It's good to be here. So if we could wind it back and just start from the beginning. So what led you to the plant-based diet? Where did you grow up? And just tell us a little bit about yourself and your childhood and your diet and lifestyle. Um, yeah, kind of a long story, but I'll shorten it up. Um, oh, so give us I, details. That's good. Just paint the whole picture. That's, that's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> um, I grew up in Western New York in the U S and, um, nothing fancy, no, no extraordinary details to share. I mean, my mom and dad, um, worked, uh, my mom was home in the beginning, the first half of my life. And then, so she stayed home with me and my three sisters. And then um, she went back to work and me and my sisters did the whole high school thing with sports and then graduating, going to college, um, getting married, having kids. And then um, everything was great, I guess when I was younger, I, my whole health thing kind of started when I was around, well, actually fairly young. I had, um, I was diagnosed with ticks when I was quite young. I don't even remember the age. And then, um, by the time I was 12, all of a sudden I started having, uh, weekly chronic intractable migraines. And I was in the hospital multiple times for those and tons of medications. And, um, eventually I think I was 16. I had a really severe case of, um, shingles. I'm sorry. All right. Um, all these, I'm thinking ahead and all the things I have to share. Um, right. so shingles and then, uh, at age 16, I think I had bursitis in both of my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was kind of strange about it is those are diseases that usually people in the older population get not, not in your teenage years. Mm -hmm. um, by the time I was 24, more little things were popping up like Raynaud's syndrome. And then by the time I was um, 31, after I had my third daughter, things, you know, really hit the fan. And it kind of started with being diagnosed with low iron. And then the next diagnosis was uh, lupus. And then treatments weren't working. So they said, well, we think it's rheumatoid arthritis all the biologics and things that they gave me for that wasn't working. So then it went on to neurological Lyme that didn't, <laughs> that didn't fit. So then they said, um, after doing, uh, uh the lumbar puncture and I said, that's the right test. I think, um, the spinal tap and the MRI. And they said, no, you have, um, multiple sclerosis and none of the treatments were working. So I went through, and we spent, had to spend at least $40,000 um, going to traveling places, trying to see different um, MDs, naturopaths, um, and nothing was working. And I was getting sicker and sicker. And then finally, uh, it was one day we had gotten the girls to school and my husband was off of work that day. And it's like something, this is, I can't take this. Something is just not right. There's like, it feels, I can breathe fine, but it feels like there's an elephant on my chest. 
And so he called the doctor and this is after seeing her every week, he said enough is enough, something's wrong. And she said, okay, head on over to the ED and maybe it's a bowel obstruction. So I went there and I ended up um, having a pleurisy in my lungs, a blood clot, um, what else was there? Um, I, that's when I found out my kidneys were failing. Oh. And um, yeah, it wasn't going, <laughs> it wasn't going well. So, so go ahead. I was just going to say, can you talk a little bit about the symptoms that you're experiencing and the pain you were feeling yeah. on a day-to-day basis during that period? Because there was so many different diagnoses happening. Um, just so everybody understands and gets a clear picture of what you were experiencing, you know, daily. Mm-hmm. So it started with, um, you know, starting back one with the, the migraines and they would not go away. I remember my neurologist at one of my last appointments went like this. It's like, Kim, you've been through my whole book. Uh, so that was pretty defeating. Um, so the migraines were the first thing. The joint pain was, it started small, like just in my shoulders and eventually went to all my smaller joints. Um, it, it was really painful to walk. It was painful to like play my my girls were little, they were all, you know, I had a baby, a, a newborn, a baby and a toddler. And it was very painful to take care of them or get on the floor and play with them. Imagine. Yeah. Just picking uh, them up even would have been hard on nursing yeah. them. You're right. Yes. Yeah. That wasn't fun. Um, it was bittersweet. I shouldn't right. say it wasn't fun because, you know, I understand. Um, yeah. And then it turned, um, the fatigue was there just, initially I attributed the fatigue to, you know, I have three kids and I'm just a rundown mom, but there was something about this fatigue. That it's, it's really hard to put into words. And cause it's not like you didn't get a, a good night's sleep or you stayed up too late. It was just draining. And it, I remember it taking energy just to lift my head or lift my arms and just sitting on my bed, crying to my husband, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, but I don't think this is right. And there was never, or any answers your your iron's low um you must have felt very scared at that time did you yes um not knowing what was going to happen uh, was not fun um there was a lot of anger because i expected the doctors to always have an answer and they just i, I and feeling belittled because they would say well you're too stressed you're too anxious mm. like you don't understand i'm like a, this is my dream i am you know i have a career i'm a teacher i do a great job i have three beautiful children i have an amazing husband um we have our forever home built this mm. i'm it's not that just listen to me please <laughs> something is not right but they couldn't find an answer in their tests um, so yeah, it was really frustrating. I can imagine. And, and then, um, so at what point did, was there a particular, like a tipping point where the doctors, is that when you went to the ED with this thumping pain and heavy weight on your chest? Is that when they started to finally take notice? Uh, they took notice when, yeah, when they saw all the test results. Right. So the skin rashes, the fatigue, the, um, Gosh, every the the pain, the tears, no, it, nothing changed their minds. Um, they just said nothing showing up in the test. We're giving you these medications; they're not working. Um, but 
when that happened. And then when my heart started shutting down, like right. they, they listened. <laughs> and so what happened then? Were you admitted to hospital or? Yes. So I was there for 14 days and um, actually I was there 12 days and then they sent me home. I, I kind of begged to go home because my daughter was in her first, um, her first dance recital was the Nutcracker and she, I just, just want to go see my daughter. I'm good. I'm stable. So they sent me home and the medications weren't quite right. So um, 24 hours later, I call, I, I couldn't, I was not pretty. Um, an, an ambulance had to come and take me. My girls were in tears and nobody knew what was happening. I, cu I could barely move. Um, severe, there's severe cramping that didn't make any sense. Um, and I kept falling over. So Gosh. Um, my husband was at work and like, something's going on again. And he's like, do you think I can, you can wait until I get home? And I said, I don't think I'm going to make it. And it was good because in the um, ambulance ride, I was unconscious and it worked out. So that's you're but, very lucky, incredibly lucky <laughs> that you had them, you know, obviously come so quickly. And then what happened when you got back to hospital the second time? Um, you know, that is kind of a blur and I haven't gotten a sh completely straight answer the second time. Um, How long were you there for? Do you remember? Two more days. Okay. Um, I remember like just intense, intense pain. Um, that I, it's on, it's inexplicable. Um, and like all of a sudden waking up and being gone and waking up. And then at one point just shaking, like I was shaking uncontrollably. I don't even know what that was from. Gosh. Um, but they pumped me full of a whole bunch of medications. I had a reaction to the medications. Um, and so they gave other medications to counteract that. And then a file just came back and said, we're going to adjust some things some more. And then I went home. And they this time they sent me home with a nurse that would come every day and a PT and um, lots of follow-up appointments. I can imagine. And was there, um, was there any talk of nutrition at this time or what you were eating? No. Nothing at not all? Not at all. Mm -mm. I okay. asked and asked the doctors and it wasn't until um, that first 12 days I was there when they diagnosed the kidney disease and I was spilling so much protein and my husband and I, we had already been through like, we're thought we were very healthy to begin with. We're in like working out, going to the gym and eating healthy. Um, so if I can ask so, you, would you just yeah. define and, and explain what do you mean by eating healthy? Because everybody's idea of yeah, eating healthy can be yeah. so different, can't it? In the landscape yes. of food and diet. So what did yep. like a day of eating look like? You're standard American diet, um, meat and potatoes and vegetable for dinner, you know, okay. eggs for breakfast, sandwiches for lunch, throw in a fruit and vegetable here. But the big thing was always protein, 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 mm -hmm. um, everything in quote unquote moderation, as far as 
alcohol and treats and I guess the what I see in hindsight is there really is no definition of moderation and I would kind I look at moderation very differently now right um, it's fascinating because that's how most people live and you know you say like you say you're not a big person you're going to the gym you're working out you thought you were healthy you thought you were doing all the right things but to have so many different symptoms and have them be so severe and so chronic um so tell us just how you were feeling at, at that time like how did you cope anybody else would be going out of their mind what gave you this you've obviously in very resilient and have a lot of determination and and strength so where does that come from and and yeah how did you cope on a daily basis you know I don't know where I think part of it's just my my personality mm. I am a fighter I guess um but you know in the beginning I think part of it was just I had to be I had three little girls and they were my life. I mean, they are my pride and joy and my reason for living. And um, this husband who was like bending over backwards, doing everything he can. And um, there was a, I, you know, I definitely noticed some mindset shifts in the beginning. I was very positive looking at, you know, I have, I have this and I have that and I have great friends um, things are hard, but I'm going to get through it. Um, there is always something new to try. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep trying. Maybe it'll be this next thing. Mm -hmm. And then there was definitely a, a dip where the frustration set in. And I think most of that came from, um, you know, the interactions with the doctors mm -hmm. giving up or telling me it's in my head. Oh, wow. And that's where it got hard to be strong. Absolutely. Yeah. For anybody yeah. would dealing with something like that. Yeah. To be told that, yeah, it's all in your head is just, I mean, to me, that's just unacceptable. Mm -hmm. It's the worst reaction that you can have. You want, so how did you find comfort? I mean, was it through the support of your loving family and your, and your girls? My husband. Beautiful. <laughs> he, yeah. He, I don't know how he did it. I really don't with three little girls as sick as I was and the hours he works. I don't know. He's just, all right, we got it. We gotcha. We'll, we'll do it. Tell me what to do next. Mm -hmm. um, anything I found, I, um, I, these things were not cheap to mm. travel States away. And, um, it's like, okay, we'll try it. We got it anything to keep you alive kind of thing. So. Absolutely. And so you said that when you went home this, the second time a nurse came and visited you every day. So walk us through what a day would look like with the nurse being there. What would she, how long was she there? Was she just checking basic things like blood pressure and pulse and things like that? Like what was um, happening? Yeah, that was pretty much it. She came in the beginning, it was daily and it was just vitals and seeing how things are going i mean there's with kidney disease there's checking your protein and urine and things like that regular things and then it got so she would come less and mm -hmm. if something happened like if i if i gained weight that was a big that was a bad sign so okay. um, i might i would call her for that or mm -hmm. if was, i felt like that chest pain right and there was still no diet changes at, at this time 
No. So how did you hear about the plant-based diet and what sort of led you on to finding that? I'm curious to see what the tipping point was. It was about a week or two later. Um, So the night I went to the hospital, my neighbors stayed with my, my three little girls. And at that point, I didn't know that he had kidney disease as well. And when I got home, they were still checking in and visiting and, you know, taking the girls off my hands for a little bit when my husband had to go back to work. And um, they w- we would just update. I would just update them. And they were like, oh, well, you know, John had kidney disease. And I had talked about, talked to them what the hospital was telling the different people in the hospital. Some were telling me to eat, you know, eat a ton of protein, eat a ton of eggs, stay away from protein. And then another nephrologist said, well, we really don't know what you should eat. Um, so I was talking to um, her about that and she's like, well, you know, we did whole food plant-based and look up forks over knives, look up Colin Campbell. Um, that really helped, um, John quite a bit and we're like, okay, I think that's the one thing we have not tried. Right. And, and this was, sorry, this was your neighbor that told you this, suggested this. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. So I went to my nephrologist and it was well, maybe a few days after I spoke to them and I said, look, I have been through everything. You told me you don't know what I should eat to help this. Um, I've been through a lot of the medications you're telling me I need to take more of. Um, do I have 30 days? Um, can I try this for 30 days and see what happens? Or am I going to die basically? Because at that point he told me, um, you're going to need a kidney transplant within six months. And long-term prognosis was you're going to die of end-stage renal failure. Or, you know, if we get you through that, you're going to have, um, I had progressive MS. So I'll be one of those two things. (laughs) Gosh, it's a grim outlook. I mean, anything is worth a try at that point. You must have had, did you have like a ray of hope with, um, you know, suggestions of the plant-based diet? You know, at that point, I I was like reaching at anything. I I guess I had the same amount of hope as I did for everything else that I tried. Right. But this one made more sense. Okay. Um, The other ones were like, almost like biohacks and short term, this one made sense where I'm going to work to heal whatever it is that's tearing my system apart. Mm. Um, and it can last long term and it's not super expensive. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I was definitely more hopeful. Yeah, that's incredible. And so did you watch that documentary Forks Over Knives with your husband and with your girls or just with your husband or by yourself? You know what? <laughs> This is interesting. Um, my husband actually showed me that documentary. I don't know if it had just come out or someone right. at work would have told him about it, but we had watched it at least a couple of years earlier. Wow. Um, at, and then we came back around to it. And yeah, I wish I'd listened to it then. Right. But I guess we get so we're so marketed and there's like these lobbyists and institutions that are paying so much money to just drill in your face that, you know, without animal-based protein, you're going to wither away. And so I was in that train of thought and I just, I only heard about plant-based like, Oh, this one guy, what does he know? 
now looking back after watching the movies, reading his books and everything, um, it's like, wow, that's pretty much the most comprehensive study you can do more so than all these other people. That's right. And did you yeah. see, did you learn about the China study as well at that time? Yeah. Oh, yes. oh um, not at the time I had watched the documentary. Right. It was after I was in the hospital, I read the book, the China okay. study. Okay. And so what happened then after watching the documentary, did you go back to hospital after that point or was that sort of the end of the hospital visits for the time that was being? The end okay. of the hospital visits, yeah. And then you changed your, your diet. What was the first thing that you changed? Did you go plant-based overnight or how did that unfold? Yes. Overnight. Wow. Um, like I said, he gave me 30 days and he said, you're, I can't recite the meds. He was ready to put me on, but I know a couple of them I tried and they were just making me more sick. I was like, right. I cannot do that again. So I, I just can't. Um, so it was the next day, Joe went grocery shopping, came home with bags full of fruits and vegetables and anything. Um, anything that was processed was not allowed in our house. That's amazing. That's, that's a big change though. How did your young girls handle that and deal with that? they were slower um to transition okay. they were probably i needed to heal first so it, initially there was a few things that they they stopped eating and they weren't eating like we had already been gluten and dairy free um the processed foods you know at the time i thought they were healthy but they were still organic and so they had were sort of transitioning after that four weeks to six weeks, it took me, then I had energy to take on um, the girls and the uh, retaliations they were going to have as far as what, what I was taking away from them and right. really kind of pushing on them. May um, I ask you, you mentioned an important point. You said you were already dairy and gluten-free. So mm -hmm. if you were facing lupus and autoimmune symptoms, at what point did you cut out the dairy and the gluten and why? Like who who decided that for you or suggested it back in, in, in terms of the timeline? So I had seen one of the many doctors I saw was an integrative doctor and she put me on an elimination diet. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't take out the animal-based protein. Okay. It was that time where I found that, you know, gluten and dairy really do affect me. Um, and then it's just stuff I was reading from Dr. Google. Right. Um, yeah. And how were they affecting you? What were the, what were the symptoms that you were feeling? You know, every time you had dairy, did you go red in the face? Did you, you know, excess? Mucus? I did have like, that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of rashes, uh, like unexplainable itching. Um, they, they could never define or diagnose what type of rash I had. But the red, the red face was a big one, um, migraines, and then the abdominal discomfort. Mm -hmm. So that handled some of the symptoms, but it still never took it completely away. Right. Okay. And so tell me then when you changed the next day and your husband went and bought all of this fruits and vegetables, how did you approach meals? I mean, there had to have been a mindset shift. So talk to me about, you know, the, the change in mindset and the new approach. I didn't have a choice. Um, uh, the only thing that was going through my mind was 
I don't want to transplant and I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it kind of, as I got healthier, it was, I had to work on that mindset a little bit because the cravings kick in and everything. And honestly, the first couple of weeks, I was too weak to even care. Right. Um, I still wasn't getting out of bed or off the couch. So um, do you remember what your I husband was, was making at that time for you to eat? So he's actually a pretty good cook. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> I don't even, well, not in the sense where, you know, you go to like a five-star restaurant and they have all this fancy stuff. He just, he was like stir frying and roasting veggies and stuff that I wouldn't have even thought to mix. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, here, eat it. And like, okay. And I didn't, I actually didn't want to eat very much. He's like, you have to eat. You have, he's very, <laughs> he was like shoving food down my throat. And in hindsight, I realized that that was, that was what I needed. Mm. Um, I needed that, not just the sustainability, the food to keep me alive, but I needed more to actually repair the damage. That's an important that point to, to, to pause on for a moment. I think, yeah, a lot of people think, um, you know, it's all about what you take away, but I actually think it's about what you add in and let, you know, the other things fall away naturally. And if you focus yeah. on that, it feels less like deprivation and like a diet. And it just, it, I don't know, it's a different approach, isn't it? A different feeling. Yes. Yeah. That's Excellent. typically what I do with, when I work with people, the first thing we do is I don't, take anything away because they're not in the mindset yet we had we didn't work on that part yet but um it's just adding in and i said you got to hyper nourish we got to repair 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 and it's more than what you would typically eat to just sustain absolutely and do you remember when you how soon after you started that plant-based diet did you see uh relief and some benefits four weeks it was quick i didn't expect that to happen my nephrologist didn't expect that to happen um, I was like walking, I was starting to prepare my own meals, spending more time with my kids. That's brilliant. And I, I remember four weeks cause my nephrologist appointment had to be canceled cause COVID had come oh, in right. and I wanted the, the blood work and I wanted mm. to like show him like, I didn't need your meds. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so it was two weeks later, six weeks, we got all the confirmation through labs and, um, he said his first words were my, my hat's off. My hat is off to you with this unconventional approach because his words prior to that were, um, you know, our numbers just don't support what you want to do. What a response. Yeah. Did you, did you feel that you had enough energy to start exercising again? Yeah. So I didn't exercise right away. Like I said, COVID was happening. The gym was closed. Um, but I was able to be out like summer was coming. I was out with my kids. Um, I was able to like schools were shut down, but I was able to like do the things that I couldn't prior. Like I was eight, we were doing science experiments and working on their math and um, where I couldn't even get out of bed to do that before. That's amazing. Um, and then eventually it got to, you know, let's go outside and play. And I remember, I remember the first time we went out, it's like, oh my gosh, what is this going to do to me? I have this energy, but every time I went out with energy before I ended up in bed for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. and it was, it didn't happen. 
it was amazing. That's and then awesome. a couple of days later, we used to like to ride our, we used to ride our bikes a lot because there was a canal near our house. And, you know, I went for a bike ride around the block with them. Wow, this is great. And then Aww. a couple of weeks later, we were riding down the canal and it, it just kept getting better and better. And I have not turned back since. And we've, I actually, I switched my kids over to that diet and Okay. My second daughter has a, a whole bunch of medical issues as well. She right. with between severe eczema, um, CIDP. Gosh. What else does she have? Clots, um, autism. And it was to the point where she was so sick, she couldn't go to school and we couldn't oh. even touch her. She, if you would like hug her, she'd go, oh. um, that was really bad. I'm sorry. And yeah. Um, but it's, it's switched. We, I put her on my diet and she's doing amazing. And she oh. actually, yeah, she craves these foods now. Oh, and that's wonderful. if there's a time, um, like say if we're getting really busy and we're just doing something quick and she'll have too many crackers or something, and she's like, mom, I don't, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> she goes, I don't feel good because I need my fruit. Give me my smoothie. <laughs> wow. So that's really interesting that, um, so how long after you put her on the plant-based diet, does she start seeing results as well? Uh, she took a lot longer okay. because she had you know, the sensory processing and the restrictive food preferences she had. It, ugh, it took almost, I don't know, between six months and a year. Um, and how old was she again at that time? This was four years ago. She's she's eight. Oh, wow. So she's very young. And that's a big, that's a big thing for a young child to comprehend and understand why does my diet have to change? And then, so do you feel like she was really positive? Was she all in or was she still a little bit hesitant and unsure? Not in the beginning. She okay. was pretty ticked off. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to remember too, she, I mean, she, having, um, she's very, very bright and, but she's also with the autism piece, her perceptions are very limited, mm-hmm. but she did see, we, we, we talked a lot. We, 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 it was just every meal we were talking about every um, snack anytime she wanted something to eat would always, I always, um, explained kind of in, uh, language that an eight-year-old could understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was, she saw the change in me too. Right. So yes. Yeah. That helps. But I really, I wish I knew all of this when they were little and we would have never had to have that conversation because I would have never introduced all those other foods. Right. If the powers that be weren't telling me this is good for you, it's it's loaded with this vitamin or that vitamin, but mm. not realizing they're synthetic. And so do you looking back now with the information and the knowledge that you have now, do you think that there's a specific food group like that had the biggest impact in a negative way? Like, was it more so the protein and, and the meat? Was it the dairy, the grains? Um, or the processed foods, what do you think, both on yourself and your daughter as well? Um, the particular food that you had that you just landed you in bed or feeling, you know, with the, the migraines and such inflammation and joint pain that was really a standout, was really obvious that that was not something that you should be having. 
I think dairy yeah. would be the very first thing. And then the second part was um, the animal-based proteins and the, all the fat that comes along with it, mm -hmm. um, but definitely dairy. I agree with you. I was exactly the same way. I used to have, I was allergic to dairy most of my life until I went, uh, I went, I went raw vegan overnight in 2010. I had an enormous amount of inflammation landed in hospital and um, I won't go into too much detail, but was told by my surgeon at that time that I had to have, um, I had to go vegan. And so I started researching and found, and the, the biggest change for me was eliminating dairy, okay. but changing dairy was a game changer for me. Getting rid of it was a game changer. I used to go so red in the face. I looked like I just consumed a bucket load of beetroots. It was, yeah. yeah, it was. And then I couldn't breathe my, yeah, pass, passageway for breathing was completely blocked. It was just a terrible, a terrible feeling. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, but it's pushed on us. It is, it, absolutely it is. I mean, here, in Australia, we have tons of marketing campaigns and it was always billboards and posters in schools about getting your milk for your calcium. And yeah, it's interesting to see how. They don't tell you how it leaches it from your bones. <laughs> exactly. Tell us what you were feeding your daughter. Was it smoothies? Did she, you know, what kind of smoothies were you making? Fruit-based smoothies or green smoothies? What were her favorites? Um, always fruit. In the beginning, with all of her texture sensitivity, she would not do smoothie. Okay. But she likes strawberries. Oh, good. Um, that's what she eats. She liked bananas. And, you know, in the beginning, it, with all three of my girls, it was taking what they do like. And if that's what they ate most of the day and it kept out the dairy, mm -hmm. then so be it. Fantastic. Because at least she was still getting like the trace minerals and we, um, the phytochemicals and we're removing the junk. So, and my whole thing is the liver. We're starting to detoxify that um, mm -hmm. and clear those detoxification pathways. But we slowly added in. There is some tough love in there. I mean, it, it definitely was not seamless. There was nights where we're in. I, I mean, to this day, I'm still introducing different vegetables. But we started very small, mm -hmm. and I always had something in that they did like. It was okay. Now you know, one or two bites of this little thing and. That their taste buds just changed and they stopped fighting. I mean, it's like a toddler when they don't get their way, they cry. And when they don't get their way again, they up the ante. Um, but eventually we're here. We made it. <laughs> That's amazing. And so did you continue to see benefits and um, relief of symptoms, you know, six months in and then 12 months in? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it was like I said, the, that four week mark was the, when I really saw the biggest change. And then there was just like residual stuff mm -hmm. that, um, just kind of, they just, it just dissipated away. Amazing. And coming off the medications, did, at what point did that take place? Oh gosh. He was, the nephrologist was not too keen on lowering things too quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, it was probably a few months in where he felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I, my guess is three months. Okay. And then it went down again uh, three months later. And then nine months in, it's like, all right, I think you're, you're good. You'll be okay. It's amazing. Um, I know I'll be okay. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. 
And did you watch any other documentaries? Because there was a few coming out around that time. Um, Did you watch any other documentaries or read any other books that helped you along the way? I no documentaries. I guess that I was was just too sick. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to read. I read, I I really like Libby, Dr. Libby Weaver's work. Um, Okay. She's there with you in Australia and Ellen Campbell. Um, I started reading Anthony Williams. I know a lot, some people aren't too keen on him because it's Is that the medical medium? Yeah. Yes, right. Okay. Um, Which book of his were you reading? Yeah, which one did I read first? Um, I think it was his original, his original one, the blue one, mm-hmm. and then went on to Live and Rescue. And actually what I found was that a lot of his stuff kind of aligned with Colin Campbell's. Mm, um, Colin Campbell is obviously very scientific method. Um, but yeah, I think those were my my three big ones. Amazing. And was there any of his protocols that you implemented? Did you do celery juice or anything like that? I did. Uh, We still do every day. Okay. So tell me what a day of food looks like for you now. Uh, So I, we get up, we, we actually juice the celery at night and put it in an airtight container. And cause we, we get up at like five 30 to get the kids to school. Um, or at least my oldest to school. So sometimes I'll do lemon water first, but most days it's just the celery. 30 minutes later, um, our smoothies, we do our fruit smoothies. And then um, my my oldest is at school, so she'll have a snack, which is usually an apple or she likes apples and she goes through phases right now. It's apples and strawberries. Perfect. And then... um, we have lunch. It's usually potatoes because it's the easiest thing or rice. Mm-hmm. And our snacks are always, um, it's always fruit. I, we, I, although I should add in, we're, we're doing green smoothies now. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like kale and spinach and I sweeten it up with fruit. And that was probably a few months ago. I st- started having them do that. Do you notice a big change with those? They're one of my favorites. I love them as well. And I I feel the change the minute I have them, you know, within 10, 15 minutes, I just feel energized. And and after a while, kale is a weird thing. At first, I I didn't like it. It's quite bitter. But after a while, your body gets used to it and you start, it's like your cells are being fueled and and nourished and you start to crave it. Was that the same thing for you and your your family? Yeah, 100%. Um, my girls are still getting adjusted to the green smoothies. It's not their favorite, but mm-hmm. they do it. Um, but I, I mean, I sweeten it up a lot with pineapple and mango and honey. So, Perfect. Um, and then there's some nights um, we definitely kind of go off the wagon and like, oh, I don't feel good. <laughs> like, see, I told you, <laughs> but yeah, it's it happens pretty- fast. It's incredible how quickly your body adapts to the new food and new way of eating. And then it certainly lets you know the minute you've had something that it's not happy with. So I think it's really important um, just to listen to the intuition and listen to what the signals your body's telling you. And so often when you're taking in the wrong foods, it's easy to get stuck in that cycle. And when you're feeling so lousy and brain fog and everything else, you can't hear the signals that your body's giving you because there's so much going on. Right. I think, um, you know, for years it was my normal. Mm. So I didn't realize that something was wrong. Right. 
and I run into that with a lot of people when they're telling me about their energy I'm like well are you okay with that because you know we're supposed to be thriving and um so yeah it's definitely interesting I agree and so I read that you tried other diets like keto and paleo can you talk a little bit about that and your experience with those I went plant-based and we haven't turned back okay great um, and it literally saved my life and turned my daughter's life around um but I mean we I did not Atkins because Atkins by that point had morphed into like paleo and keto um but I did the A AIP um gosh I, I'm remembering these days now it didn't go well at all I just the fatigue got worse the pain got worse the joint pain gosh. the rashes it's it didn't go well. Right. So it sounds like the plant-based diet really, you know, has, has worked very, very well for all of you and um, just led you on a whole new path of health, which is incredible. So how do you feel now, um, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis? Is it like a completely different person? Is it the best thing you've ever done? Yes. Oh, 1000%. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I can wake up and I, the biggest thing is just being able to take care of my kids. I mean, I was missing milestones when they were so little and I didn't get to enjoy it. Like I loved it and enjoyed it, but I didn't get to really like revel in these beautiful little creatures and snuggling with them because everything, oh. it always came with pain. Right. Or I would miss it because I'd be on the couch. I, I remember like the girls would get antsy in the house and like, Joe, just, just get them out, go to the playground, something. And they would cry and say, mommy, we want you to go. And I would you know, keep it together and so you're, it's going to be fun. But the second they left the door, I just remember bawling um, and being angry. But um, now it's, I can take them to their gymnastics. I can take them to swimming. I can, or I can take them and I can watch them. Um, I can take them to a friend's house or, and we're just doing, we're living instead Amazing. of just surviving. That's incredible. I think that's, yeah, that's probably, that's a quote for sure. <laughs> so at what point um, did you decide, okay, I'm feeling well enough now and the realization that you wanted to help other people and that you decided to get trained to be, because you're now a health coach and helping yeah. others, which is incredible. So where did that come into, into play? Um, so years ago, maybe six years ago, I had started health coaching through an MLM and thinking that I needed all these different supplements or all these other things. I, I don't want to say names. Um, and it, it failed miserably. And the people I was working with were almost, they were sick like me and they weren't getting better on these supplements. So and I wanted to, I wanted to get back to work. I love being home with the girls, but I wanted to do something. And then I'm also, you know, I was pretty frustrated seeing what's happening in the medical community and that there's these alternatives that are incredibly powerful besides suppressing our symptoms. And you know, I remember talking to my husband and I'm like, okay, well, there's, there's a few different things I, do, I can do, but 
you know, I never listened to my gut before. Whenever, like when I was sick, it was always, okay, I'm going to try this. There's evidence for this. It's science, science, science. And in my gut, I knew it wasn't right. Um, but I was listening to everybody else. And I, I was kind of doing the same thing. You know, I want to go back to what makes sense if I go back to work. And I threw sense out the window a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? My gut is telling me to do this. This is what's lighting me up. This is where I can share my story and um, use use what I went through for something good. Mm. And here I am. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. And so, um, what was the first step in terms of um, you, you know setting up the business and and looking to? Did you want to specialize in being a plant based nutritionist? Was that the goal from the beginning? Um, not necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, cause I think there's healing from chronic illness. There's a few different things. Um, what really, you know, was frustrating to me was this kind of reductionist view where there's only one method to heal. Um, it's very true. And I think plant-based is, I mean, that's what I use primarily. Um, but there's this other part where you know, we're, we need to look at lifestyle, mm. you know, the things we're doing and we have to look at mindset and I agree. I, that chronic repetitive stress that we are all under with this era of urgency that we live in mm-hmm. is really affecting our ability to heal. Mm. So when I, you know, COVID shut everything down, I had no other stressors and my husband took over everything um so i didn't work on work on the mindset piece um but what i found was when that all that stress came back i started not feeling well again oh that's interesting so there was and i was you know i see that as i you 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 talk to people who are you know if you're sick you talk to other sick people and I saw that that you know they're doing the same thing and I saw the people that were doing better had a whole different mindset mm-hmm. and what I ended up seeing was the stress we're under and the way we're perceiving stress so as far as just focusing on um, like plant based I knew there's there's another component to that. And that's addressing the stress and how we're perceiving things every day, because ultimately, like for me, if you can eat all the kale in the world, but that the the chemical reactions that are taking place from that significant stressor Mm. is going to not fully counteract, but kind of bring the efficacy of the plant-based diet down. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and how important do you think is sleep is? as a part of that equation huge yeah yep so that would be the you know usually the lifestyle piece did you notice your sleep change as a result of and improve as a result of going on the plant-based diet yes. and, re- and reducing yeah. stress right yep so i yeah i definitely sleep was an issue i had there are so many symptoms that was when i left out insomnia was huge i would um sleep be exhausted all day and I'd say I can't wait to go to bed mm-hmm. but then I go to bed and I could never sleep mm-hmm. but um once I started healing I could sleep again Amazing. but then 
I, as soon as I let that stress and sense of overwhelm take a hold of me, that's when I would not sleep. And it was by choice at that point, right. because I had it in my head that I got to get A, B, C, D, and E done. Right. And so how did you, how did you tackle that? So, you know, diet is only one part of the equation, as you say, you know, mentally and spiritually as well. So how did you, what were the practical tools that you put into place to reduce the stress or at least to deal with it, to cope better with it and to sort of balance yourself out so you were able to sleep? So a lot, it's kind of a long process. The, the biggest thing was I had to pay attention. I had to think on purpose. I mean, mm. we're not taught that mm. to think about what we're thinking. Um, so it was listening to the thoughts in my head. And for example, like some of the things were, I didn't realize I was setting these metrics for myself that I don't even know where they came from. No one said I had to, no one told me, Kim, you have to get your kids, all three of your kids, seven days a week to different activities. Um, I did that myself, mm -hmm. but at some point in my thought process, that was the standard I set for myself. Mm -hmm. And I learned to question my thoughts. So once I realized what I was thinking, and for example, if I said, I have to, you know, get Anna Greasy, Emma to this, this, and this, and then it's the question, is it true? Do I really have to? Mm -hmm. And most of the time it's not true. And um, then there's the whole, just thinking about, okay, what will happen if you don't do it? Mm -hmm. They're gonna be okay. <laughs> kind yeah. of thing and just that kind of scenario and apply that to everything else and so looking back now if I asked you how important is self-care and you know even though you've got a beautiful family to take care of and a husband and um, a household do you feel like it's more important to take care of yourself first so you have the energy now is that something that you learn along the way that was a hard lesson learned <laughs> because it was always everybody else, always. Even when I was gravely ill, I, I remember Gracie's symptoms were getting really bad and I was in my wheelchair taking it in and out of the van to try and get her to her appointments every week. And mm -hmm. looking back, if I had questions, my thoughts on why I was doing that, mm -hmm. I probably would have done something different. Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. So if we look at it from the perspective of um, now that you've been through the journey and you've obviously got an incredible amount of determination and patience and to get through what you have, what's something that you know now that you wished you knew back when you were experiencing, you were in the height of all of this pain and this suffering, what do you know now that would have been vital to know then that you could have, you know, could have changed the direction? Um, a couple of things, because there's obviously going to be a couple that are really important. Yeah, I have a few. Um, the biggest one I don't, I don't know if everyone will agree with, but you know, when we're sick and we have chronic illness, we're told that our body is attacking you and it's failing you. And I know, you know, the autoimmune theory tells tells us that, but my. I look at it like my body was not attacking itself. My body was not attacking my kidneys or my brain. It was, I was attacking itself. I was attacking it with macaroni and cheese and pizza and not sleeping and 
trying to fit a million things in the day when we're not designed to do that. Mm. Um, so I think that's the, the first thing. Um, understanding that your body is fighting for you all the time. I, mean, I was incredibly sick, but I was still waking up. My heart was still beating. Mm -hmm. um, what were the hardest, what were the lessons that were the hardest to learn? Yeah, that was the hardest. Um, and then what we had just talked about as far as putting myself, <laughs> taking care of myself so I can take care of others. Um, I learned that one the hard way, mm -hmm. a really hard way, because everyone was telling me, Kim, you got to slow down. Kim, it's okay. And I was like, nope, got to keep going. <laughs> But that, that was a hard one to learn. And anything, and also an extension of that was uh, anything that you know now, basically how you would do it differently if you were to start over? Gosh, that's, I would make a plan and get support. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I put everything on me. And I the biggest the biggest thing was just putting me first. Amazing. And so um, what would you tell other people now if you, you know, and your clients, because you're helping so many people now with your business, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. When somebody comes to you and says, or if somebody's actually sitting at home and they haven't gotten to the stage of reaching out for help yet, what would be your best advice for somebody else if they're suffering chronic symptoms like you were and in a place, in a place of pain, great pain? Um, what would be the first actionable step that you would say to them? Um, I guess it kind of depends on what they're doing. I mean, obviously I am a proponent of whole food, plant-based, but I would say start list, start listening to the th things you're telling yourself. So you have room to, um, so you have room to heal. Um, I didn't have room to heal. Because I was had these thoughts and ideas in my head of what I had to do. Um, make a plan. Like if you're wanting to transition to whole food plant-based, make a plan and get, get support. Get uh, a cheerleader in your corner who's going to remind you of your why. That's, that's one thing I, I always say. You have to have a why. And it's not necessarily... Um, removing symptoms because you got to think about why, you know, why do you want to have your cholesterol lowered? Why do you want the joint pain gone? Well, it's so I can be on the floor and play with my kids. Um, it's so I can go on date night with my husband instead of just sitting on the couch watching a movie. Um, I'd say those are the first, the first two things. I know it's usually not what people want to hear from me. They want, um, you know, eat this, take this pill kind of thing, but at all, you're not going to be able to sustain that. If you don't know your why, if you don't make a plan, you don't have support. Mm -hmm. And would you encourage them to read, um, like the forks over knives? Would that be one of the first resources? Is there any other resources that you would suggest? Uh, I would say, yeah, definitely. I guess it depends on the person I'm talking to, but I always refer people to the China study. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that is usually, that's a pretty big read. So mm -hmm. I, I say start with that. And I do, again, I, I do like Libby, Libby Weaver's work as well. Mm -hmm. And um, if I was to ask you, what brings you the most joy now? after going through everything that you've been through, how would you say, how would you articulate that? And what are you most grateful for? I am, I'm living, I'm just living and I'm not trying to survive. And sometimes I, you know, I feel like I used to take advantage of that. You know, I have, I would always like have to, I have to do this. I always onto the next thing, but I am just so happy that I can just live. We can, you know, summer's coming. So we're going to start going to the beach again. Um, I can get on my bike and ride down the canal again. Um, just normal little things that sometimes I think we take advantage of or aren't grateful enough for. Definitely. Um, and in terms of your business, what excites you most about helping other people? seeing them do the same. <laughs> I don't, I can't explain why it's just, it feels good. Um, just hearing them tell me, I'm, I'm talking to my client yesterday. She's like, this is the first month I haven't had a migraine and I can't even remember when. Wow. And she would be out for five days. I'm like, great. You're doing, this is, this is amazing. Like you can, it's in our hands. You can do it. And seeing them feel empowered and see them not struggling to just get through the day. It's seeing that joy and that empowerment is, I don't know, joyful and empowering to me too, I guess. Absolutely. Um, do you remember at the moment or the point when you realized that you've taken your own power back and that this was really working and how did you feel at that time? Um, it, you know, I, I've never been asked that. I would say it was that day, that first day I went outside and played with my girls. Mm. It was late spring and the grass was green. The sun was shining and it was like, I'm out here. And I, and I did it and I did what I it was in my gut. I wasn't listening to somebody else telling me what to do and how to think. I was liberating. That's incredible. Sense of freedom, yeah. I'm sure, as well. Yeah. Amazing. Um, is there anything else that you feel like we maybe not touched on that you'd love to share to inspire or encourage or give hope to other people that are perhaps in the same situation and are feeling a bit helpless or lost? Follow your gut. I know it sounds silly and it's, there is so much we have, we, we know our bodies know. Uh, that's the other thing I would say is these symptoms are communicating to us. We see it as our body failing, but it's our, our kidneys and our liver and our brain can't say I'm in pain. You're hurting me. They can't say it. Mm. So they are communicating it to us through these symptoms and these symptoms are telling us, um, I need help. I need support. I need you to, um, you know, get out the junk and give me what I need to, to heal and then to thrive. Mm -hmm. Um, so listen, listen to what your gut's telling you again, oh, 
get support, get some, it's a, it's hard to do by yourself mm. um, until you're at that point where you might not make it and then you have no choice. So there's, there's resources out there. Read the China study. It makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> That's brilliant advice. Excellent. I've got to ask you, um, in terms of recipes, do you have a favorite recipe that your family absolutely loves? Or if somebody comes over, extended family, and um, maybe is not accustomed to the plant-based diet, is there something that you can make that everybody just sort of, you know, loves, absolutely loves? We do a lot of um, like bowls. Oh, beautiful. They're my favorites as well. Yeah. And it's, that was my, my husband. Cause I was always, I, I, I need a recipe. I, I, like for the longest time, just spend hours on Pinterest trying to find recipes that the kids were like. Right. And my husband would like throw together, there'd be nights where we just, we have all this fruit from, and veggies from the fruit stand or the vegetable stand. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Just, just make something. And he would just throw things together and we just tie it all together with a sauce or hummus or something. And it's good. Like today he just, I said, can you, you know, can you throw a potato on the microwave for me? I don't feel like getting anything. And he comes back and we had shredded cabbage in the fridge. We had cherry tomatoes. We had a uh, cucumber that needed to be eaten. So he comes back with a plate full of all this stuff and just tied it together with hummus. And it was so simple. But for like, if we have family over, most people like a burrito bowl. Mm -hmm. So we'll do that. Um, I'll do, you know, the, the beans and, um, I always put my stuff on a bed of salad, um, but other people just do rice. So if I, I find, if I have a bunch of things out that somebody can build their own bowl, everyone's happy. I agree. Yeah. I do the same when I, when I visit my family as well and, uh, yeah, burrito bowls or just a colorful bowl, as long as I've got a different shades of color in there from, you know, purple cabbage and red capsicum or or whatever yeah it always goes down well um well this has been absolutely incredible thank you so much for taking the time to come and, and speak you. with me today and share your story it's extraordinary you're i think you're amazing and your your strength and your courage and determination to get through what you've gone through is yeah just very inspirational to other people and it will give a lot of people hope so can you tell us where can everybody find you uh, revive to thrive with Kim.com. Okay. okay. I'll put all the details in, um, the description box below as well. And you on Instagram or social media? I'm on Facebook, Instagram, not so much okay. Facebook. It's, um, it's just Kimberly Ann. It, it doesn't have my last name on there. And I, I couldn't even tell you my Instagram account because I'm not on there that much. That's okay. No worries. Um, and have you got any other projects like, do you think you might write a book or is there anything else in the pipeline for the future? Um, actually I was just working today. I'm working on another article to okay. talk about the, that stress component I was talking about and how we need to address that as well. So that everything we're doing with a whole food plant based diet can work optimally. Okay. So, brilliant. Well, that's exciting. Well, let me know when that, when will that be published? I don't know. Okay. I'm hoping I have it finished in a week or two. Um, this has been extraordinary. Thank you so much again for coming today. And everybody else, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you here. And until next time, uh, bye for now. Take care.